Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Roundtable. This is episode number 48. I'm your host, Kenny, and joining me for today's roundtable are my good friends Tom, Joe, Anne, and Eric. Today's roundtable topic, Spider-Man movies. I'm not really going to talk much before this. It was an amazing conversation, so I just want to jump on in to the roundtable. But I do want to say that this was recorded before Spider-Man No Way Home came out, so no one had seen it then. Of course, we've all seen it since. And I plan to do another podcast with the same co-host to discuss that movie in the future. So stay on the lookout for that. But for now, let's go ahead and enjoy our roundtable discussion on the Spider-Man movies. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web, any size, catches seeds, just like guys, look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Alright guys, it's time for another roundtable. Today I have my good friends, Anne. Hi. <laughs> you were ready with that, weren't you, Anne? <laughs> Oh, Eric? Hi, did somebody order some friendly neighborhood quips? <laughs> Tom? Oh, what if Tony Stark needs me? <laughs> and Joe? He stole that guy's pizza. Oh, God, everyone's trying to one-up each other. <laughs> all right, well, as you can it's hear... It's already off the rails. We're going to be discussing <laughs> Spider-Man, uh, specifically the Spider-Man movies. So uh, thank you guys for joining me, as always. For this, which I'm sure will be an amazing roundtable. An amazing roundtable. Ah, you see what uh, you did there. Uh, a spectacular uh, roundtable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so let's just, we're going to jump right in. Um, I want to know why Spider Man is so loved. Because, I mean, I enjoy Spider Man, don't get me wrong. I'm. I've always enjoyed Spider-Man, but he truly is. He is, when you type in number one Marvel character in Google, it's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I don't know who they pulled. I don't know any of the statistics, but it's always Spider-Man is the yeah. number one character. And I think he's the most recognizable and he's the most beloved character. And I want to know your thoughts on why you think that is. Joe? Uh, so we talked on a, a previous podcast uh, where we kind of compared like Batman and Superman in the DC universe. Uh, and Spider-Man could very much be like the Superman of Marvel compared to like, let's say Wolverine's the Batman. Spider-Man is someone that everybody loves. Everyone's grown up with him. They were, were exposed to him early on through all kinds of different media. But the character itself and this is kind of a, a I'm, so, I'm trying to keep it very short. The character itself, it's very wholesome. He's a kid, you know, for the, for the most of the, the run of the comic, the original mm-hmm. comic. He's a kid. And in the movies, he's a kid. Uh, and he's thrust upon by these like ridiculous circumstances. And he's a good guy and just trying to do the best he can while trying to keep a secret which he thinks he's doing to protect everybody else. And I think there's something about that character that everyone can relate to that, like, you know, you're just trying to do your best. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of twofold, the reason why Spider-Man is so popular, uh, I think from a larger cultural standpoint is because even though we know the origins of Peter Parker or Ben Riley or even Miles Morales, like this is a character who's mostly covered from head to toe, which means he could be anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, black, white, 
red, whatever. You could be Spider-Man. You could wear that costume. You could have that power. You could swing around and no one can tell you otherwise. You could be that character. And I think there's something really uh, appealing about that. Like if you run around and you're wearing a, a Superman costume and someone points to you and is like, well, you're not the right ethnicity for that. Like that that's hurtful, but no one can do that if you're covered up in a Spider-Man costume. And that's, that's kind of cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Anne? I think he speaks to the outsider in all of us. Um, kind of like what Joe was talking about. He's wholesome, but he's a kid. Um, he goes through things in high school um, that you can relate to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I adore him as a character because he's the outsider and he's the one that you would least suspect to be our hero, too. Mm-hmm. And he's just... Um, there's a lovableness of him. There's the good in him, like Joe was bringing up to. And I have two uh, nephews that love the Spider-Man stuff. Mm-hmm. And they love it because I think they could be him because they don't see necessarily a face. They see them in mm-hmm. him. I think that's what makes him relatable. And especially with some of the newer ones, there's a female uh, Spider-Man. You know, yeah. there's um, Gwen, who's Spider. You know, so yeah. it's like... I think that's, I, I think Joe kind of hit it right there with his answer. Cool. Eric, you have any thoughts? Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of funny, Joe, that you, you brought up your points because I'm, um, I'm a Bat fan myself, but my brother is, uh, his favorite superhero is Spider-Man. And I asked him once what he loves about the character so much. And he actually said that uh, he, he thinks there are some parallels between Spider-Man and Batman in the sense mm-hmm. that they're, they're both leveraging mostly their ingenuity and their intelligence against their villains because yes spider-man has strength he's he's got super strength um but like on the power levels of some of the other marvel um characters he's he's not the strongest uh, superhero out there not by a, a long stretch and it's really his resourcefulness that gets him out of a lot of these scrapes and and lets him win the day and i and i think that that sort of like creativity the, the mindfulness that he has and the sense of humor is kind of what makes him um, one of the premier Marvel characters. And that's kind of the stuff that I like about, about Batman as well, is it's using his mind, his creativity, his resources. Um, and, and I see that there's like a really great parallel between the two of them. Um, he, he's just fun, you know? Mm-hmm. He, he always has great one-liners. And I think like for kids too, especially, that's something that they can relate to um, more so than, you know, somebody who's just brooding or, or, um, just in there to get into a fight, you know, he's got, he can make you laugh at the same time. There's something very lovable about that. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Tom? Well, Anne said something that, um, kind of put me into an emotional place actually. And, uh, I think what we're hovering around here is the every man nature or the every boy, because he's a boy. It's Spider-Man, but he is a boy. He's um, a kid. And the every kid nature of him, and that probably without that spider bite, he probably would... He's a geek. He's smart. He would be made fun of. He would be picked on. He would be bullied. And that's kind of where my head went. And I guess I'm uncovering here with you uh, a major reason why I like him. Uh, we spoke in another Geek Roundtable about our favorite 
superheroes, and he is not my favorite. But I, I, I think I just knocked over a little stone here, and I'm realizing why he resonates for me. While he isn't my favorite, I, I grew up with a, a love of Superman, and I know that resonates with Kenny. Mine the same, yep. And I absolutely love Batman, so I know that resonates with Eric, and I shared that my favorite superhero modern day as an adult is the Hulk. But what I am realizing now is that I'm... Wow. That I may be at, at the core kind of angry and connect with that Hulk, but I think I want Spider-Man to be my friend. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And and Kenny, I, I I did not expect this. What a powerful character he is. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. As as we are with Superman, I'm realizing why I'm drawn to him is as as you guys mentioned, is the outsiderness, as Anne mentioned. Yeah. The nerdiness, especially the current incarnation of Tom Holland, who's throwing yeah. out movie lines and tropes constantly in the movies, yeah. which I just adore. Super I, clever. Yeah, and I like that aspect of him, and I see myself in him mm-hmm. um, being an outsider, being extremely nerdy. So, yeah, I, get, I definitely – Tom and I are usually on the same wavelength with a lot of things. Yeah. And this is, again, one of them being – I think it's the exact same reason why I think I liked him so much is because I can identify – myself with him and as i as you've all said he yeah. is a boy you know mm-hmm. i mean i'm older yeah. than all you guys here so i mean i've been around a little longer so i'm a little older but still i do remember being young i remember spider-man back in you know i used to watch a tv series back in what the 70s it was yeah. a tv movie or oh yeah and you know and i do remember the comic books and 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 stuff like that so i remember him on the electric company oh i remember those little vignettes on... on the electric company what? yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's been a part of my life. For there most you go. Of my those life. those were yeah. them. Yeah, most those of my them. life he's been part of it. So and again, I don't know why I never. I he was never a favorite of mine right. because Superman always he hogged the spotlight for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I like good guys. I like the all American. I like the the perfect in quotes per, person. That's who I enjoy because I, you aspire to be them. I inspire mm-hmm. to be. The everyman to you know to be the hero like Superman, but Spider Man is just like that. Peter Parker, you know, mm-hmm. essence who we're talking about is Peter Parker more than Spider Man. And the thing is, he's super flawed. You know, yes. he's yeah. he has one completely tragic flaw that ended up causing him to lose his uncle. Yeah, and made him made him learn that you know with great power comes great responsibility, that it becomes his mantra. Yeah. Um, so. Even even as as good to his core and as wholesome as he is, still capable of making a really bad mistake, he's a very just, selfish mistake. Human. We all do that yeah. exactly, which we makes him even more relatable. Think, think yeah. we're perfect. You know, we're all we all strive to be better, mm-hmm. but we're still going to stumble and we're still going to make a mistake. And then unfortunately, his mistake did, you know, lead mm-hmm. to the death of his uncle, yeah. uh, which is horrific because he has to live with that the rest of his life, mm-hmm. knowing that. And- and um, he's he's ill-equipped maturity-wise. Yeah, well, he's a kid. You he's know kid. exactly. Yeah, exactly. And in, in a similar way, Iron Man is too. And Iron Man could be a Marvel answer to Batman. Uh, but that immaturity is, you know, it, it is for whatever reason it is with Iron with Tony Stark. But here with Spider Man, 
he's a kid. I yeah. mean, they say it in the movies too. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And he wants to do well and he wants, you know, he's working so hard. Yeah. I think that's the fundamental thing about him is that he's uncompromisingly good yeah. at, at heart. And, and that's what makes him relatable. That's what makes it um, such, such a powerful resonating hero story often with his, his uh, films and the comic lines and all of that mm-hmm. is that, he might not always succeed in doing the right thing, but he's going to try his hardest to do the right thing. And I think that's something that at its core, uh, a lot of people really connect to. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of like that Superman element. Too. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Yep. Very cool. All right. Let's, Tom, yeah. I'm giving you a big hug. Oh, thank you, <laughs> man. Tom cries on this podcast all the time. I know. These podcasts are like therapy for him. Oh, He's like opening are. up doors. I, I, didn't... I love it's it. True. Yeah, it's, back, it's so good. Back through the basement, listeners know that that's going to happen as well. It's, <laughs> but Kenny, Kenny's subjects, and thank you, Ann. And, but Kenny's subjects are, Kenny's a gift. Kenny is a gift to geekdom, to fandom. Mm. What he does for uh, the people who follow every every podcast he does, and who he gathers. You know, I have amazing friends. I mean, that's just like Spider Man. I the Geek Roundtable. <laughs> yeah, you're like a little hero, uh, uh, Kenny, because who you gather around you, you're, you're kind of a Nick Fury esque in that you you gather <laughs> the, best, a, the you best know, people around me. That's right. Geek round table Avengers. <laughs> and, um, but when we gather for this, it's, it's not just a discussion that your listeners are going to enjoy. It will be that, but it's also a gathering of, of the like-minded mm-hmm. and, and that's, that's the, for me, that's what is emotional about, the visits where I get this way. And I think it's really just like, I'm with friends. I'm with like-minded people. I'm, I'm, I'm safe. You're in a safe space. Particularly when we're talking about heroes, these stories have seen me through some of the darkest times. Mm -hmm. So Mm. where do we go when we're struggling? We go to a comic book, we go to a movie, we go to a, a beloved franchise, we go Kenny like to a toy and I I cannot separate my feelings of Spider-Man and the excellence of how he's been portrayed by all three of who we're going to discuss today. Uh, All three are very special. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't separate that from running around the house being Spider-Man as a kid. (laughs) I can't separate that from the toy Julie and I just found on Back Through the Basement, our first Spider-Man doll, Mego Mm -hmm. Spider-Man doll. Um, He's nude right now. We haven't found his outfit yet. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, this particular subject today, I think, is packing an emotional wallet because it goes to a childhood thing. Mm -hmm. And it goes to, um, you know, I think our first experiences with superheroes are in childhood. Mm -hmm. We're turned on to it by whoever, whatever, why ever. And then it grows up along alongside us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Whew. All right. Let's. Uh... <laughs> God, that's so funny. So, uh, oh, <laughs> Dr. <Right>? Octopus. <laughs> yeah, Doc Ock. <laughs> so let's let's go ahead and discuss, Like as we mentioned, this is, we're going to be discussing the movies. So I want to know your favorite Spider-Man movie 
and I know it might be difficult, but try to pick one favorite Spider-Man movie. I'm going to go over the movies that we're discussing today on this podcast. So we have Spider-Man, which came out May of 2002, which starred Tobey Maguire, uh, Kirsten Dunst, and William Dafoe, and James Franco. Then we have Spider-Man 2, which came out June 30th of 2004. Again, Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, James Franco, and Alfred Molina. Uh, Spider-Man 3 came out May 4th of 2007. Has Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, James Franco, Topher Grace, and Thomas Hayden Church. Then they rebooted and they did The Amazing Spider-Man, which came out July 3rd of 2012. And that had Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, and Reese Ifans. And then we have The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which came out May 2nd in 2014. Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, Jamie Foxx, and Dane DeHane. Then they rebooted it again, and we have Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, which came out July 7, 2017, who starred Tom Holland, uh, Zadea, and Michael Keaton. And we had Spider-Man Far From Home, which came out July 2, 2019, which starred Tom Holland, Zadea, and Jake Gyllenhaal. And then we have, coming out soon, is Spider-Man No Way Home, which will be out December 17th, 2021. And that stars Tom Holland, Zadea, Benedict Cumberbatch, Alfred Molina, and possibly Jamie Foxx. I don't think we've gotten confirmation on all of the bad guys who will be back for that. Uh, and then we, of course, we have Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which came out December 14th, 2018, which is an animated a Morales character, a different Spider-Man. So yeah, so those are the movies we're going to be discussing. Let's go with Anne. It's your favorite of those movies. Uh, okay. 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 <laughs> okay. Spider-Man 2, 2004, that one. That's okay. my favorite. It to me it was the sec- it was the second one obviously because the first one always sets us up with the mm-hmm. origin story and all that sort of stuff. But this second one really grew the story and grew him with the duality that he was going through. And um, I think it has a great villain in it, Doc Ock. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's fantastic, Alfred Molina. Um, One of my favorite, two favorite scenes, the raindrops are falling on my head scene where he's doing (laughs) his little Mm walk-in, little walk-in moment. (laughs) Uh, And then where he's seeing her show and all of these sort of things. And, the ending when she comes to him in her wedding dress, that she chooses him, MJ at the end, mm-hmm. and she says, Go get him, Tiger. I, oh, I get a little so goosebumpy. Yeah. I just yeah. get goosebumpy. And yeah. I just think it's a beautifully done movie in humanizing Spider Man in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think Raimi finds a balance between the silly and the serious with that one beautifully with that movie. And I, be, I think it became a great standard mm-hmm. of a, a, a superhero movie um, in general for it. Um, so I love the second one, Spider-Man 2, a, cool. a lot of ways for those reasons. Cool. How about you, Tom? I want you to know I rewatched all of them between being asked and <laughs> coming here today oh my gosh i asked you like three days ago (laughs) (laughs) i know (laughs) i felt i know i felt like i i really needed to i own them all love them all and um they hadn't watched them you you know you just read out the dates Mm -hmm. hadn't watched them in quite some time so 
I also have a great affinity for Spider-Man 2, and I certainly could say that was my favorite. My favorite handling of the first occurrence of a Spider-Man is in Captain America Civil War because we didn't have to have the damn origin story again because I don't want to hear the origin story again. <laughs> so I I was thinking hard on this question and I can't believe I'm going to say that my favorite one is the origin story I didn't want and didn't need and that's The Amazing Spider-Man. Hmm. Andrew Garfield's first mm. appearance. But I came super close to saying Spider-Man 2 for all of the excellence that Anne just broke down. Cool. And since you won't let me say Captain America Civil War, I am giving you Amazing Spider-Man. And the reason is, and I can just jump ahead to my favorite Spider-Man, is that the, the, the job Andrew Garfield does mm. as an actor is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And I love all three of them. I love Toby, I love Andrew, and I love Tom. Tom is super entertaining. He also has a masterful writing team behind him. But if we look at what Andrew did in that movie from an acting point of view, and that's how I'm choosing to give you my answer, that's my favorite film. Okay, cool. Eric? Uh, Spider-Man 2. <laughs> it's uh it's the empire strikes back of yeah. um the original spider-man trilogy i mm -hmm. think it's um i think it's the the high point in that series oh yeah um i love it i think uh doc ock is a a uh just an absolutely wonderful villain and i think he kind of best encapsulates that that sort of um that sort of comic book trope that we would love mm. uh, to see, you mm -hmm. know, the the villain that starts off as a mentor, as a friend, and then, uh, you know, with the best of intentions gets turned. Um, I, I think that he has a really uh, just lovely story arc there. Yeah. And, and then returned. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. The redemption, I think, is, is yeah. a big part of it, too. Um, it's and not just... a believable just, redemption at that. Yeah. It's not just the let's beat him up and let's fight him. But, but actually getting through to him and, and saving him in that sense, yeah. which I think is um, part of what makes that, that story work so well. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, too, uh, to Anne's point, the, the ending of Spider-Man 2, I think it's beautiful. And I think it, there's a little bit of bittersweetness to it. Yeah. Because Mary Jane recognizes, you know, um, maybe it's hokey to put it this way, but, you know, love is a, a powerful, um, is a powerful energy. It's a powerful um, um, commodity to put out there. It, it, it commands so much of our lives. She recognizes that loving Peter is going to be hard. Yeah. And when she says, go get him, Tiger, you can see just a little bit of sadness in her. Yep. She accepts that loving this man is going to be a responsibility in its own right. And I think that that is, you know, her version of with great power, right? Yeah, um, 100%. And I, I think there's there's something really beautiful about that moment. Um, the strength that that it allows her character to have, in addition to the strength that we obviously see from from Peter Parker as well. Yeah, yeah. Joe. Well, I mean, you guys are all um, wrong because it's um, <laughs> really Spider-Man Three. Because what we needed to do was sloppily uh, retcon oh. the death of Uncle Ben, so we and then lost Joe. 
No, um, <laughs> this is this is. I mean, it, it's kind of a no-brainer. Spider-Man Two was Marvel's first masterpiece superhero film. Retcon the death it, of <laughs> it, it was. It was. It was such a um, uh, an elegantly put together film, uh, and and it gave us. Like one of the first examples of a truly uh, sympathetic villain uh, with Otto Octavius. Like, there was never a point, even when he was at his meanest in the film, there was never a point where I felt like this guy's just so hateful. He's just misguided. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's, it's amazing what you can achieve when you actually explore the origins of somebody's motivations. And that's something that they did, and they did it so well. Now, Spider-Man 2 was my favorite until 2018 when Into the Spider-Verse came out mm-hmm. and I I just adore really I adore it. it exactly Tom Beautiful. watching Into the Spider-Verse play out is like watching a moving Van Gogh like you're just you're watching this play out and and visually it fills you with with so much uh and and also kind of the fresh take on Miles Morales and his family life and the fact that like he doesn't really come from a tragic past, mm-hmm. and you don't have to to still answer the call. And uh, and and I I really love that about the movie, and I love all the different styles that end up getting integrated into the movie because <laughs> of the different characters that come. In. <laughs> uh, it's it's not yeah. only a visual feast, but it really is a narrative feast. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I love Spider Noir. Of course. Yes. Oh my gosh. Especially Nicholas Cage is voicing him. I'm like, Nick Cage. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. No, it's it's, it's that's it. That's it yeah. for me. All right. Uh, for me, it would be. I was going to do Spider Man Two, but everyone else has done Spider Man Two, and you spoke very eloquently about it, and I mm-hmm. can't really contribute to it. And also the Spider Verse. Loved that movie. That was amazing. I can't wait for two when it comes out. Don't know where they're going to go, but I'm so excited to see where they take the story next. But for me. I will say Spider-Man, the original, just for the fact that I had never seen anything like that. I have watched Spider-Man my entire life. I watched some cartoons. I've seen the really, really bad TV movies they did back in the 70s, and they kind of did stuff in the 80s with them. And this was the first time I saw the Spider-Man that I had in my head when I read the comics. Swinging on the webs, and it looked realistic. The effects were amazing. And I I, I don't think I've watched Spider-Man for over 10 years or longer. So I don't know if they held up well. I uh, assume Decently. I just watched them. Yeah. 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 Decently they're, they're, held they're up. decent. But that was, yeah. I just remember sitting in the theater and just having one of those moments of, oh my God, this is actually, they did it. They made Spider-Man a movie and it's an amazing movie and it looks real. You know, the story was fine. It was an origin story and I was okay with that too. You know, even though I knew about it and seen it many times before. But it was just, I think that's why I, I pick it as my favorite because it like Star Wars. Star Wars will always be the, A New Hope. I call it Star Wars because that's what it was called. When that's I what it's it. called. I, <laughs> when I saw Star Wars, it it changed me forever. I won't say Spider-Man did that for me, but, but Empire Strikes Back, I love it. But it's still, Star Wars, I think, will always be my favorite because it was the first. It was the first thing that really grabbed me. And same with the Spider-Man movies. I love the second movie. I think you guys are right. It definitely found its way in the second half but the first one is still for me drew me into that universe yeah do you remember when that movie came out it was so close to 9-11 they had the advertisements were like the criminals going in robbing the bank and like the ending shot was like spider-man stopping their helicopter Mm -hmm. and it was like in a web between the twin towers yes that's That's right. right yeah 
Yeah. It, that yeah. exists on YouTube. That's how, yeah. 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 So I don't think they ever included it. Yeah. Yeah. But they abandoned that. Service. Oh, yeah. So uh, Tom already mentioned this. He already answered this second question. So I'm going to pose it to everybody else. Favorite Spider-Man actor? For me, it's Tom Holland. Hands down. I will always, I think he, he, to me, feels the youngest. He feels, he's a really good Peter Parker for yeah. me. Uh, I, I haven't read a ton of the comic books. So I don't really know his personality in the main comic books. I've only read a few issues here and there, so I can't really compare it. But for me, out of the three movie actors who are portraying Spider-Man and Peter Parker, I think Tom Holland, to me, he's the perfect Spider-Man. So that's just my opinion. But let's go with Eric. Um, you know, for for a moment, it was um, Garfield. Because I, I really did appreciate the um, sort of energy that he brought to the character mm-hmm. when Amazing Spider-Man came out. Um, but I, I will have to say, now that we've gotten the Tom Holland portrayal out there, I think that he's even closer, um, Hune, to, to what the character feels like in my in my mind, I guess, mm-hmm. when I'm reading the comics. He has that, like, uh, that affability down, you know? He's got the one-liners down cold. He's very likable in his portrayal. And, I mean, those are all the things that you want from your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he's great. Yeah, cool. Joe? Here's the thing. I love Tom Holland. I love his uh, his interpretation of the character. I love Andrew Garfield's interpretation of the character. But I think both of them are completely off for Peter Parker. They're, I look at them and I see, like, my nieces see them and they're like, oh my gosh, they're so cute. That's not what Peter Parker <laughs> is, man. Like, Peter Parker's a nerd. For me... Toby Maguire, uh, I think, is the best Peter Parker. I think he's he he embodied the nerd. I bought him as the nerd and was like, I can totally see where people just they don't think much of this guy. They don't take a second glance. And then kind of seeing the transformation he goes through. I mean, I will never tell you like, hey, look at that hunky Toby Maguire. But I don't have to because he's usually wearing the mask when he's Spider-Man. Uh, but, you know, for, for me, I, 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 again, love Tom Holland. He is an ideal version of, like, ultimate Spider-Man where, you know, he's, mm. he's cool. He's got the one-liners and mm. he kind of has, he, he embodies some of that. But I think Tobey Maguire kind of balanced both of them so well and, in my opinion, to the best. Cool. And I'm going to piggyback off Joe here because – I guess I kind of look at it as like 007 in a sense of like Sean Connery. That's mm-hmm. who I know as yeah. 007. That's who I think of as 007. Tommy McGuire, to me, like Joe mentioned, he was Peter Parker to me mm-hmm. because he was a little awkward, nerdy. Yeah, he, he embodied me when I was awkward and nerdy. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So for me, I like Toby for that reason, because I think he had the Peter Parker part down more yeah. in my in my eyes. So, yeah, I got to go with Toby. Cool. Very cool. I'm glad we got one for everybody. At least. Yeah. So very cool. And let's go with a favorite villain from all the movies. Let's start with Tom. That, uh, you know, so I said what I said about all the consternation to pick my favorite movie and to pick my favorite Spider-Man. But now I'm going to join you guys in the Spider-Man 2 pool and definitely say that Doc Ock is my favorite villain. Welcome Absolutely. to the fold, Tom. Get in here. <laughs> Get in here. <laughs> yes. It's warm in the pool. Um, yeah, not only, not only in the way he was written... Uh, and again, keeping it just to the realm of the films and not 
going all the way out to comic books and, mm-hmm. and, and that realm and widening it that far. But the way this character was written, arced through the movie, is masterful. Absolutely masterful. And I would be hard-pressed to actually point to a, a villain in any other one-off mm. that did as well. I'm sure if I sat for a while, I could come up with some ties, but I can think of no one, no villain better realized in a single movie than this villain in this Separate from that, Molina is maybe one of the best portrayals of any villain in a superhero movie that I can think of. Like, I again, I can think of no one who has done a better job. I can maybe come up with some ties if you gave me time. So th- this is a masterful stroke of both writing and acting. Um, and that's before you deal with the visuals and the realization of this character, what needed to be done in order to make this work, lifting him on wires, um, oh animation gosh, of yeah. the animation and and freaking animalization mm. and realization of the tentacles and how they had a personality and it, it just yeah. wow. It's it's the perfect storm of writing, visuals, which you could call CG costuming, and acting. Cool. All right. Eric? Oh, it's Molina. <laughs> I, I love Doc Ock. Um, you know, I do want to give a little bit of love, though, to, uh, to the uh, original Batman in my heart, to Michael Keaton's Vulture. Oh, yeah. So yes, good. Yeah. Yes, so good. Yes. Great, love great portrayal him. also. And I, yes. I loved the, like, kind of down on his luck. Yeah. He was like an industrialist, right? Like, mm-hmm. a, I, kind of I a thought that was an interesting villain. take. <laughs> yeah, it was a real working man's villain, which <laughs> yeah. I thought was like a really fun kind of take on it. And but, also like the possessive father, too, that kind of comes yeah. into play. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was an interesting dynamic. So I, I, I do want to give a little bit of love to him because I thought he really killed it yeah, in that role. But Doc Ock, Spider-Man 2, I mean, I, it's one of my favorite superhero movies, period. I love cool. it. How about you, Anne? Well, <laughs> you jump on the bandwagon. well, I was going to mention Vulture, yeah. uh, FYI, because I was like, oh, we'll, I'll say Doc Ock, obviously, but I was going to bring Vulture, but Eric brought it up. So um, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll hop on this wagon. Wee, let's do this. Um, it, like people have brought up, he's the mentor and the arc and Melina and the how he at the end, it's just... We've all talked about it, so I'm just going to say, yeah, Doc Ock. Yeah. Cool, cool. Joe? I mean, Spider-Man 2 got to go with Bruce Campbell as the usher, not letting (laughs) Spider-Man back in. What a villain. Well played. No, obviously, it's Alfred Molina, Doc Ock. He is the best villain. I mean, I got to give, just like Eric, I got to give some love, though, to another character. Not exactly a villain, but a little bit. Uh, J.K. Simmons, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Just delicious to watch. Uh, yeah. He's so, so much fun. But, but, absolutely, but um, but yeah, no, Alfred Molina, Doc Ock. I can't. There's no other reason that I can add to what everybody else has already said. He's he's perfect. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, for mine, I am not going to say Doc Ock, <gasps> even though that was my initial plan. But I will not go there. And then I was going to. My second one was uh, Michael Keaton because yeah. I just love him and I thought he did an amazing job as. Vulture. Yeah. Uh, I would go with Jake Gyllenhaal because I like. Oh, I enjoyed that character. Mm-hmm. I wish yeah. we got a little bit more from mm-hmm. him. I don't know. My, I don't. I only know him from the movie, so I don't mm-hmm. know any story if they really messed up his story or character or what they did with him. But I, 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 I did. In, 
enjoy his his character. But yeah, if I had to pick one, it would be the Vulture. I love mm-hmm. Michael Keaton as, mm-hmm. as Vulture. Very cool. So let's go. We're going to jump into our last question here. Uh, your favorite female counterpart. I wrote in my notes, Mary Jane, Gwen, MJ. For me, it would be MJ. Because I just, I love Zadea. And obviously, since I love Tom Holland's version, I like their chemistry and their interaction. So for me, I would definitely go with MJ as my favorite female counterpart to Peter Parker. How about Joe? Same. MJ Zendaya's uh, characterization uh, is outstanding. And I think to to speak to Tom's point earlier, she also benefits from having an amazing writing team on these films that have fleshed out a very convincing, very strong MJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And? MJ, definitely. Although I really appreciate Kirsten Dunst, um, her oh, performance yeah. uh, with playing it. Um, Zendaya is wonderful, too, with her characterizations of it. I, I got to give props to Emma Stone, too, for playing Gwen, and it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, she, it's the only time in the, in the Garfield ones, that's when we know about Gwen Stacy a little bit more and her story and the tragedy of that story. Mm-hmm. But yeah, MJ, definitely. Mm-hmm. Cool. Tom? This was a toss-up for me between uh, Zendaya and uh, Emma Stone's Gwen Stacy. So I really went back and forth. Um I I just feel, and again, writing excellence on both sides. When I saw Amazing Spider-Man 2, mm-hmm. I my heart broke. Oh. And I mm. just was like, wow. That lonely yeah. shot of the web coming down. That, that oh. reaching oh, web, you know, that, that web that wants to, the web that caught, it, it caught. It caught uh-huh. her. You know, mm-hmm. but the, the brutality of the fall just, you know. Yeah. I... I don't know if I'm really answering your question because really what I'm really saying is these are two fantastic packagings. Mm-hmm. So is it my favorite character or is it, or is it my favorite service that the, that character mm. is paying to yeah. the Spider-Man I mean, we're watching? All three of them are different characters. Yeah. So it's not like it's Mary Jane being played three, di- three different, no. like three actresses. You know, no. they're all different characters. Yeah. So. It's tough. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. They all bring something each, but... Yeah, yeah. I think I come down with Gwen Stacy. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Eric? Um, I, I got to go with uh, Kirsten. You know, that those, in particular, the first two Spider-Man movies that Raimi did mm-hmm. um, were, were groundbreaking. Um, yeah. It, it really made you feel, in a way, I mean, like, looking back in, in hindsight... You know, we have a superhero movie coming out every few months now, but it seemed unimaginable back then to capture that sort of yep. that sort of uh, high adventure, that sort of action, and uh, and all of that to do it believably in film. And Spider-Man proved that it can be done. Yeah, and I have a lot of nostalgia uh, tied to those movies. I remember just being so excited to see Spider-Man when it came out and to see Spider-Man Two. Um, when it was hitting theaters, um, it was unlike anything really that I had ever seen. And Kirsten's portrayal of, of MJ in that is just so, um, it's such a big part of that experience. And, um, you can, you can understand why Peter Parker is constantly falling in love with Mary Jane 
you know, in every iteration of the, of the, the comics that we have. Because she she is, I think, um, I think that she is a a powerful character in her capacity to love and be loved by. Mm. And, and that's something that you don't often see with your superheroes. You, you get a lot of the angst about not being able to have a second life. You know, oh, I wish that I could put the mantle down and all of that. But Spider-Man, a lot of his storylines are about living that life. And actively trying to work at finding that balance. Mm-hmm. And that only works if you have somebody that you want to spend your life with. And um, I thought Kirsten did a really great job with that. Cool. Very cool. And this one just popped into my head. And so it's not on the list. So I'm just going to ask it really quick. We'll just finish. We'll end the podcast with this. Do you think Spider-Man needs to be rebooted three times? So after the first three movies, did you really feel they had to reboot it again? I understand the MCU one is a little different. They brought in a different one for that universe. But let's go with the first two. Joe, do you really think it needed to be rebooted? I think after Spider-Man 3, it absolutely needed to be rebooted. I think there had to be a complete overhaul with the the mess that they made. And and I'm one of the apologists for what they did with Peter Parker in that movie. Like, I kind of dug, like, weird emo Peter Parker doing, like, <laughs> jazz dances and stuff. Like, oh, no. I kind of, knowing, knowing Sam Raimi and, like, his upbringing and stuff and kind of understanding, like, oh, this is what Sam Raimi thinks a bad boy is. Okay, that's kind of cute. Uh, but I still felt like, all right, we need it. We need to just clear the board here, and it's it's unfortunate. I do wish that uh, Tobey Maguire would have gotten another one in his franchise to kind of clear that palette. Yeah. Uh, I wish that Andrew Garfield had gotten a third yeah. because I did enjoy where it was going. I. I appreciate that they tried to change the origin a little bit with him, but after they got they let go of Andrew Garfield, I was a little bit um I had a little bit of Spider-Man fatigue. I was like, okay, we we can't keep going through this. So I think that the way that they handled bringing Tom Holland in and not doing the origin again mm-hmm. was smart. smart. Um so I know I haven't answered your question at all. <laughs> so in summation, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Eric I mean, um, did we need another reboot uh, from an IP legality stance? <laughs> Absolutely, because the ownership <laughs> of the character keeps changing hands. So, yes, if, if it was all being handled by the same studio throughout its entire continuity, I don't think we necessarily needed to reboot it. We could have just um, picked up where we left off. I, I could see Spider-Man being like a Bond franchise or, or something, you know, every, every three or four movies, we get a new guy in there. I, I don't see why that's not um, a possibility maybe Yeah. Uh, now that the, the characters are a little bit more secure, but yeah, we definitely needed to just kind of pretend that uh, Spider-Man three didn't happen and, <laughs> and move on from there. I didn't realize it was an IP issue that that's why they had to reboot the series again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought they were just three was so bad. They're like, okay, we have to scrap this whole thing and start over again. Anybody else? Anne, do you have any thoughts on? I I agree. I think we just needed to cleanse our palate. Yeah. 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 Tom, any last thoughts? I gave a big old eye roll when uh, I learned they were going to do that. Really was not looking forward to and anticipating and got another origin story. I do feel that they could have rebooted without doing another origin story. So that Mm -hmm. might have been... A dis- I'm sure that decision was discussed and re- and rejected. But yeah, uh, knowing knowing that le- legally they needed one to retain ownership. Yeah. But if that franchise, uh, that mid franchise, the two, the Garfield two parter, is gets to have some kind of second life through the very 
elaborate and very cool plans they have for the next Holland movie Mm -hmm. and uh, the next Doctor Strange movie, for that matter, if we can resolve maybe some of these threads what a service it will do and if if the beautiful animated film that joe mentioned is the reason why we kind of we dipped our foot into the idea of a multiverse uh, here's an animated movie what do you think of the idea and then and and then we get that uh live action multiverse well now maybe we can just all kind of live in the same realm and and, yeah. and all join together in our spider-man kumbaya and uh <laughs> it's kind of exciting so cool. if if that middle franchise just got us to holland and and got sony and marvel to talk or whatever whatever things happened that gave us uh, Captain America Civil War and gave us this very special thing that has happened unmatched in, in movie franchise history. Um, not even not even the Abbott and Costello meet the monsters was <laughs> as ambitious as what's being done and planned for this upcoming movie. I'm excited. I'm excited. And seeing Doc Ock again in that, oh. in that uh, trailer, mm-hmm. uh, de-aged and and maybe at that same age that he was supposed to be at the conclusion of our favorite or everybody's (laughs) probable favorite. This is an exciting time to be a Spider-Man. Awesome. I also don't know if I answered the question. (laughs) I want to hop in and say, like, regardless of whether or not, for instance, like Marvel reboots it again down the road or gets another um, actor in there, I, I don't need to see Uncle Ben getting killed every time we get a new face uh, behind the mask. Just like, I don't need to see the Waynes getting, you know, gunned down an alley, Mm -hmm. every new Batman. I mean, we, we get it and it's, it's tragic. And that's one of the things that I really did appreciate with the, the new Marvel movies is that they, they uh, treated the audience with enough respect to know that we know a little bit about his origins and let's not eat up 30 minutes of, of (laughs) runtime, Yeah. delving into something that we're all familiar with yeah. and let's pretend like you you understand that thread and build yeah. on it yes. so I, I hope they continue to do that um, amen to that yeah so. very cool alright guys we're at the end of the podcast thank you again for joining me really quick before we go I want to make sure I promote anything that you guys are doing because I know you're all you all have fingers in certain parts of the industry so let's go ahead and start with Joe. You know what? I am going to just let my socials and your description on the website speak for it. You can follow me at Next Wave Joe. Find out what voiceover stuff I'm doing or what uh, ridiculous band promos I've written and directed and we're throwing up uh, ahead of people's performances at like the House of Blues here locally. We've got a band called Phantomello that we did like an, an H&R Puffin stuff kind of tribute nice. where they're like uh, having a battle of the bands against like an evil professor. And it kind of led to their appearance at the House of Blues. Uh, and so they've uh, they've brought me on to kind of be their uh <laughs> They're documentarian. Uh, and so we've been doing a lot of stuff. We just did a, a twisted trip down uh, Sesame Street with some puppets and stuff that's going to go online soon. Yeah, that, I mean, that's basically it, that. And I'm just dad to Harper and James and enjoying that and uh, and hanging out with my wife right now. So, cool. woo. And uh, thank you so much, <laughs> Kenny. Thank you for letting me be on here, though, and, and talk with you. <laughs> I've got a, a, a another podcast, uh, the 16-bit Gladiators that uh, that I'm not on regularly, like the last one. But every once in a while, I'll still catch up with uh, with my buddies. We talk about video games on that one. Uh, but it's so nice to come on here and, and talk with you guys, uh, meet some some other like-minded and uh, and uh, and creative nerds, and and just spend time also with Tom. 
I, I love, I adore, no, I'm not even, I, I'm not even kidding. I, love oh, I, know. I adore getting to do this stuff with Tom. Like I'm just, these experiences have been great. So thank you very he much. I was super excited because Tom was a replacement and I appreciate you joining us, Tom, because we had someone drop out the last second. And My pleasure. Tom was very, very nice to be able to join us. And Joe was like the first person to say something <laughs> in the group chat about it. Just, he loved it. So, it was like, oh, my heart. My heart. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It made me feel good. Thank you, Joe. All right. Thank you, Joe. Those are very kind words. Eric, how about you? Uh, sure. I'm I'm um, planning a video essay series right now, um, which will focus on uh, horror and sci-fi and other speculative fiction. Um, so I will hopefully have more details about that as it develops. But um I'm very passionate about uh, about film, so love nice. to share my thoughts with people about that. Cool, yeah, and I'll have his uh, social media links in the show notes as well. So when he does start that YouTube channel, he will, uh, I'm sure, will announce it there all over the place. So you'll be able to get a hold of it. And uh, Anne, how about you? Um, well, like Kenny will post my social media stuff, so you can follow me on Instagram. Um, I been doing some stunt coordinating stuff there is something in october called bite size halloween that you can check out episode 15 free birth i did some stunt work for that stunt coordinating work in particular um it's about eight minutes long the episodes so check it out i've thoroughly enjoyed talking to everybody here today it's been a lot of fun um i talk to eric every day so it's been really (laughs) i love you honey um <laughs> Talk like safe space, some fun discoveries. I've yeah. been having a great time talking more Spider Man with everybody here, and right. I look forward to doing some more stuff. Thanks, Kenny. Yay, yay. <laughs> and of course, we have Tom. Well, Kenny, uh, thank you for the counseling session. Was- <laughs> <laughs> Happy to help. Uh, Joe. You'll get my bill in a month. <laughs> yes. yes. Checks in the mail. Uh, Joe, thank you for those kind words. It's. Uh, it's so great to connect with with a kindred kindred fan, and mm-hmm. I, I feel likes to very talk. much the same. Who likes to talk? Yes, kindred fan of the of the gab. Um, but I've got to say too, Eric and Anne, thank you. I've learned from you, and I've felt some great feels from you, and I am thrilled to have met you. And I hope it's not the last time we're on a geek round table together. Like I said earlier, Kenny, the the people you gather around a table is it's bigger than the discussions we have. And I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy you and appreciate you. Thank you. Um, I'll talk about you. Uh, (laughs) I am a voiceover artist and an actor. I'm going to be on a TV show that I can't talk about yet, but I hope that I can get on uh, another <laughs> Geek Round table after oh, it drops be. so I can yeah. say that I did it. Yep. But it's it's a wonderful opportunity for the first time working with HBO, and I'm nice. psyched oh. about that. I am a voiceover artist. I was recently cast in an animated uh, sci-fi fantasy-esque pilot, so I'm super excited about that as well. And I'm the host, co-host with my sister, Julie Antonellis, of Back Through the Basement, the podcast. And we definitely recently found our Spider-Man, so I might even put a little inset in my, you know, the picture mm-hmm. we take. I might throw mm-hmm. my my first Spider-Man toy up there with you. And nice. the uh, Spider-Man I've got right here, which is Andrew Garfield's little, Aww. nice little, uh, 
model here. And we go through our parents' basement, going through everything, all our toys and belongings, and re-experiencing them together, born out of the pandemic, born out of the fact that we are 3,000 miles apart and during the pandemic thrust back into the house. And mom and dad very callously took advantage of the pandemic and said, go through the basement, please. <laughs> so that's what Back Through the Basement's all about. And um, it there's certainly crossover between Geek Roundtable listeners and Back Through the Basement listeners. You, If you love one, you're going to love the other. And thank you, cool. Kenny, so much. Great. Cool. And if you uh, want to find anything for me, it's geekyfanboyproductions.com. I, uh, I post a lot on Instagram. I have five other podcasts. Uh, you can get all those links at Geeky fanboyproductions.com uh, and I'm also now posting on TikTok. I have a toy collection I've been collecting for 45 plus years. It's called Kenny's Collection. It's also on Instagram. Uh, I have a lot of fun posting there and it's kind of popular. I didn't think people would want to see my toys, but they do. So yep. <laughs> I'll keep posting them. Back through the basement follows it. <laughs> yeah. All the information will be in the show notes. And once again, guys, thank you. Thank you again for coming on and talking Spider-Man movies. Thank you. Thank you, Kenny. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed that discussion. As I said, we had an amazing time talking Spider-Man. It's so much fun when I get the right people for the right topic and the conversation just flows all these guys are amazing. They all contributed amazing information. Uh, I love listening to them and talking to them. And we just had so much fun discussing the Spider-Man movies. And hopefully you guys enjoyed it as well. So once again, I would like to thank my co-hosts, Tom, Joe, Anne, and Eric. And of course, I want to thank my amazing listeners who come back each month and partake in our roundtable. So until next time, guys, take care. I want to take a moment and thank my supporters on Patreon. I really do appreciate your monthly donations. It helps counter some of the costs that come with producing podcasts each month. So I really do appreciate your support. I couldn't do this without your guys' continued support, and I really do appreciate the donations every month. It does really help with the costs of doing these podcasts every month and so many of them so i really do appreciate it and if you guys want to help me out and be a monthly donator or just give contribution one time for one month you can find me on patreon just look up geeky fanboy productions and i would really appreciate it thanks again guys that was the scene in california's mojave desert five years ago our historic first view of the newcomer's ship Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the newcomers podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the newcomer's podcast on iTunes, or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. I'm Tom, sheltering at home in L.A. I'm Julie, sheltering in the home we both grew up in in Boston. And together, we're, we're going, going back, back through, through the, the basement. basement. Mom and Dad want us to go through <laughs> all of our toys and belongings. I think Mom and Dad are taking advantage of the pandemic. <laughs> what the f***?
Because that guy. It's called a wuzzle. So laugh. That thing is so <laughs> Get emotional. I have a fucking mess over here. And discover what we find and what we keep. Which will probably be everything, Jules. <laughs> I know, right? Thank you to Kenny Mitleider and everyone around the Geek Roundtable. Thank you to all their listeners. From us in the basement, we want you to know you are all keeps. Definite keeps. Attention, attention. Are you a fan of MASH, one of the most groundbreaking television series in history? Then take a listen to the MASH 4077 podcast, where hosts discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. So come and find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 podcast or online at www.mash4077podcast.com. The Geek Roundtable Podcast is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0, United States license, all rights reserved.